It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. I am so excited about this episode because it feels like it's been a while since I recorded one, at least a solo episode. My Monday episodes are always just me and the Friday episodes are with guests. I actually recorded with two guests in the past few days. And the last time I recorded a solo episode like this one was on July 5th. But you probably heard it last week (laughs) if you listened regularly. Anyways, today is July 23rd. And I have been back from my trip to Costa Rica, Singapore, and Fiji for, let's see, four or five days. I got back on Tuesday and it was quite a whirlwind. I am going to share with you a lot of details specifically about Costa Rica. Today, I'm going to focus on that. If I get to Singapore and Fiji, if I have enough time to dive into those experiences, I'll share in this episode. Otherwise, I'll wait and share more about them in an upcoming episode. I have spoken a lot about the retreat that I went to in Costa Rica, so I'm going to spend a lot of time on that today. Before I get into it, I have a few pieces of news to share with you that I'm really excited about and will definitely come up in future episodes as well. One is that just a few days ago, actually the day that I returned from my international travel, I started like that night when I was feeling super jet lagged. I started my well-being coaching training program. Not that I'm leading, that I'm taking. So I have been doing well-being coaching very lightly for maybe four years. It has been a big part of my work on social media. It certainly plays a role on this podcast. It comes up in my marketing consulting practice. But I have been thinking about expanding my offerings as a well-being coach for a while. And so I've dabbled in it. I've had some clients and I felt fairly confident in that work, but I've also really wanted to do some training so that I can grow as a coach, so I can be more effective and so I can legitimize myself more. I am planning to get certified as a coach and it's just really exciting. So the first step in that direction was enrolling in a program And it was a big decision for me because it was a financial investment and it's a big time investment. The program is from mid to late July, whatever you consider this time of year, to I think either the second or third week of November. I forget exactly what date it ends, but how long is that? July to August, August to September, September to October. So it's four months long and requires... I think about five or six hours of work each week. As far as I know, there's a lot of unknowns for me, but I can't wait to share my experience along the way. And today, as I was going through my coaching psychology manual, which I got, it's a a textbook. I feel like I'm back in college or something. As I was going through that, I was thinking of all the ways I can't wait to integrate what I learn into this show. 
and I'm noticing opportunities to cover topics that I haven't really dove into. I want to bring on guests who specialize in some of these things too. So I just feel excited for both of us because I'm learning and I love passing along what I learn and I love supporting people with their well-being. And I just think that this training program is going to help me become a even better podcaster for this show and across all of my work. So that is exciting. The other cool thing is that I just got a brand new sponsor for this show called Athletic Greens. You're going to hear me mentioning them at least once a week. I'll have some ads either towards the beginning of the show or the middle of the show. I I might experiment with some different things and I will tell you all about them. I'm not going to share that much now. I'll wait till the ad break. But they were a big part of this trip that I took as well. They meaning the products. They have this one product I will show on screen for those of you watching on YouTube. It is called AG1. They are these packs of basically a powdered supplement. I hope that's the right terminology. I have not actually read my ad yet. You might hear the ad in this episode, but I have not read it out loud. So I'm going to pause and let you hear more about it. It's actually, it says right here on the box, whole food dietary supplement. And I love it. And so I'm so thrilled. I had an amazing call with them and they just feel like a really great company. And I think that you're going to love them too. They also make a vitamin D3 and K2 supplement. It's a liquid drop supplement that I've been taking and love this. And they will play a big role in this episode subtly, just the idea of taking care of your health. So no more about Athletic Greens for now. Stay tuned for the ads. And I just want to give you a heads up. Try to be very transparent transparent whenever I'm doing anything for compensation. So of course, an ad means that I'm getting paid for it. And I really do my best to vet out companies to make sure they feel in alignment with me physically, mentally, emotionally, feel like a good company. And I've just gotten nothing but great feelings from this brand. It's just wonderful to have financial support for this podcast. You know, I've experimented with Patreon for this. And recently, I just feel like Patreon is not the avenue that I want to go. I'm appreciative to those of you who have supported the show. Of course, you can always donate. You can become a patron of the show. But I used to try to incorporate a lot and give a lot of bonuses. In fact, one of those was a secondary podcast called This Hits the Spot. And that's been on pause because it just didn't feel like the value was, for lack of a better word, appreciated. And not not to say I didn't feel appreciated, just didn't feel like people were as into it as, as was worth my time. In the back of my head, I still think about recording episodes of This Hits the Spot just because I like talking about products. If you haven't listened to it yet, it's a private podcast that goes out to patrons and newsletter subscribers. So you can still get it. I'll link to it in the description or in the show notes for this episode at wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. If you're curious, I did a lot of episodes, I I can't remember, maybe up to 30. Most of them were with Jason when he was co-hosting with me. And after he left the show, I definitely started to dwindle because it was a lot of work to do both of these podcasts. And anyways, I still hang on to products. If you haven't listened to that show, I've shared how I have a section of this room that I record in devoted to empty product packaging because I love to show the visuals. And so I hang on to things whenever I love them so I can show them on camera. 
And I miss doing that, but it's tough to juggle a lot. And that just wasn't a big priority. Long-winded answer uh, or long-winded explanation for the fact that Patreon is cool. If you feel like chipping in, great. But it's really exciting when I get a sponsor of this show because that way a company is helping finance the show instead of you. I would love to make this free or really inexpensive for you as much as I possibly can. So there you go. All right. With no further ado, I want to dive into telling you all about Costa Rica. If you haven't listened to a previous episode, I think I mentioned this in maybe two episodes recently, I talked about how I was hired to help with the marketing, come up with the marketing strategy more specifically for this brand new retreat experience called Sand and Salt Escapes. This happened just over the past few months. It's a brand new project by this man named Max. And when I say brand new, I mean, he started developing this, I think, in spring 2022 and reached out to me. I believe it was early June 2022. So he got Will's emotions very quickly and needed support. He asked if I would go down to the retreat along with a small group of people to test out the retreat. It was a pilot private experience for us before he launches it to the public in November 2022. So as of now, you can sign up. So if you hear me talking about it in this episode and it feels appealing to you, I will link to the website in the show notes. Again, that's at wellevator.com along with anything else I mentioned here today. I'm going to talk about some products. I'm going to talk about just my overall Costa Rica experience and what it was like to be on this retreat because this was the first time I have really done anything quite like this. I mentioned in a previous episode, I was part of a retreat as a educator, kind of a, a teacher, if you will, back in 2014, but I didn't actually end up going. That retreat was also in Costa Rica, but long story short, I didn't physically go. I ended up teaching virtually, and that was a big regret of mine. I heard so many cool things about the Costa Rica experience and had just a very vague idea of what it was like to go there. So even if you're not interested in a retreat, I hope that you will learn what it's like to be in Costa Rica, the benefits of it, and also all the different products that I brought along with me. If you didn't know this about me already, I am really into travel gear. I laugh at it because it's it's a relatively new thing for me. It started before my Greece trip in 2018. I started buying some things to support me on international travel. Then when I started road tripping in 2019 and 2020, I really got into it and it lights me up so much. I've been working on making some short videos about all this gear for years, but I haven't actually done it. And that's something that I hope to be able to move into. There's like some mental block I have about making videos these days, aside from simple YouTube videos like the episodes I do of this show. So I'm going to share that. So Costa Rica, what it's like to travel there, what it's like to be there as an American who doesn't speak a lot of Spanish. And I'm also going to share more details about the retreat experience in case you are interested in checking out Sand and Salt Escapes and want to book for as early as November 2022 or one of the future retreats that they do. I think the plan that Max has is to host the retreats at this center in Nosara, which is one of the blue zones of the world. I think there's only five blue zones and Nosara, Costa Rica is one of them. 
And that's an area that has a bunch of different little towns. As far as I'm <laughs> understanding, I'm still a little confused about the geography, but the town that we were in, I believe was called Playa Guiones. And there's a beautiful place that has, I think, eight different bungalows that we stayed in. And then a main area with a kitchen, with a dining area, with various places that you can hang out, work, relax, whatever you want to do. There's a pool there. And then there is an outdoor fitness or activity area. And I'm going to go through what that was all like. So that's all at this specific location. And Sand and Salt plans on hosting numerous retreats there. And then eventually the plan is to do other locations in the world. I don't know exactly where yet, but it's really cool to watch it all develop. So when Max, the retreat organizer, reached out to me, I felt really good about it. I talked a lot about this in a previous episode, but just to summarize, he's a wonderful guy and very passionate, really trustworthy. I felt a good connection with him and still do. And I couldn't say no to this opportunity. So we spent a very short amount of time planning. The retreat started on July 6, 2022. So it was probably only about a month that I got to know him and retreat. And I got to watch the website come to life. And I'm helping guide the social media strategy and all the different other elements of marketing that go into this. And it's been a really cool journey for me as a marketing strategist. But then I got to simply go on this trip to experience it. Max's plan was for me to be there and do minimal work. I did find it hard to do zero work whatsoever. I wish in some ways, I wish that I could have put everything on pause. And I certainly could have. I guess the word could is not the best term for that. I chose to do some light work. So as I explained in a previous episode, I have a number of different clients right now in addition to Sand and Salt Escapes. And I alerted them that I was traveling. One of my clients actually decided to take a vacation himself with his family. So there is super limited work for that client. Another one of my clients, we put everything on pause because we're mostly doing a podcast together. And so that there was no work involved for that. But my fourth current client, there's always work to be done. So it was hard for me to disconnect, but I probably got away with a maximum of 30 minutes of work for that other client and then chose to do light amount of work for the retreat. Because in addition to going down there to experience it, I really wanted to ensure that we are capturing content. So I was assisting the brand strategist and the social media manager with how she was taking photos and videos and writing captions for that. So you can actually go to Sand and Salt Escapes on Instagram or LinkedIn right now and see some of the posts that we've put together. And it was really cool to do that in real time. You can also go to my personal Instagram at Wit Lauritsen, W-H-I-T-L-A-U-R-I-T-S-E-N, which is separate from the podcast Instagram account. That personal account of mine, I posted, I think, three videos from Costa Rica that are kind of ASMR style. I have one of it pouring rain. I have one of a waterfall and I have one of the ocean as of now. And I plan to do some more on there through Instagram Reels as well as TikTok. So if you want to check that out and get some more visuals, I encourage that. I also plan to post some pictures in the show notes for this episode, which are at wellevator.com. So let's get into the details. I'm actually going to pull up my photo album and go through it 
moment by moment and walk you through the experience. My trip started, I believe it was a Wednesday. I was there Wednesday to Wednesday, Wednesday, July 6th through July 13th. And I got driven to the airport. I was very determined to avoid COVID to the best of my ability. As far as I know, I did not get COVID on the way in or on the way out of Costa Rica, nor during the experience. As I may share later on, I'm still worried that I got COVID on the way back from Singapore and Fiji, but that's a whole other story. But I felt great the entire time I was in Costa Rica. I felt great in Singapore and Fiji. So I'm happy to report that I didn't get any sort of sickness aside from the discomfort of jet lag. And I believe that was to do with the fact that I chose to wear wear two masks. I wore an N95 covered by a KN95. This is at the recommendation of a few scientists, immunologists that I follow. And I also purchased a face shield. And that was interesting because I don't think I've ever worn one of those before. It's like a piece of plastic with a headband that you put over your face. I got that mainly so that when I chose to drink water, I don't think I ate any snacks on the plane. That was a big mission of mine. But if I did, I wanted to have just an extra layer of protection for any time that I took off my mask. I think that I managed on my entire flight to Costa Rica to not take off my mask at all, which was really challenging because that was one of the few times I've worn an N95 mask. I've mostly worn a KN95 or a KF94. Those are other variations from other countries, and those are much more comfortable. I had no idea how uncomfortable an N95 mask was, especially wearing that under another mask. That was rough. I think it was mainly around my ears. Like I just, or no, wait, the N95 goes around your your head and your neck kind of. So maybe it was the way it felt on my face. I just, my heart goes out to anyone who wears them all the time or has to wear them because it's quite unpleasant in my opinion. The face shield, on the other hand, was awesome. The one I got, which I will link to all this stuff in the description, it was padded foam on the top of my head, very adjustable. The plastic shield itself was very clear. It didn't fog up or anything. It did dent very easily. So I had to learn not to like jam it into anything. That was kind of an issue. But that combination, plus staying super hydrated before I got on the flight and after, were great. Before I got on the flight, I drank this huge bottle of water. It's probably at least 32 ounces, maybe more. Yeah, I I guess somewhere between 32 to 40 ounces. I added some electrolytes to that. I had a big snack, several snacks actually, before I got to the airport and then just kept it all on. At LAX airport, little tip for you, not necessarily just at that airport, but at some airports like LAX, they have outdoor pet relief areas. And I got to the airport pretty early so that I had plenty of time to get through security and get to my gate, get all settled. I had probably an hour and a half to two hours extra time once I got to the gate. So the pet relief area was awesome. It was outside in fresh air. So I went out there, took off my mask and just kind of relaxed. There were cats and dogs walking around. It was really sweet. It was like the perfect place for me to be before that long flight. The flight from LA to Liberia, I think is how you pronounce it, which is about two and a half hours from the retreat center. That flight was approximately five or five and a half hours. I flew Alaska Airlines 
it was okay. I remember in the past having very good experiences with Alaska, but it was super cramped. The plane was full. And at this time that I flew, they had removed the mask mandate. And so very few people were wearing masks. So I felt a little bit uncomfortable from a COVID concern standpoint. The seat wasn't super comfortable. There wasn't a ton of legroom. I was in economy. I'm sure premium economy would be much better. But I felt a bit like sardine-like. However, I think I might have taken some melatonin and I just tried to sleep as much as possible. I think I watched a little bit of television but barely just thought I'm going to sleep so I can be fresh and ready to go for the retreat. The other thing I tried out, which I I don't know how well it worked, but I purchased this product called Nozin, which is a nasal antiseptic, I think is how they call it. It's like hand sanitizer before your nose and you swab your nose inside. I really liked that. I may have mentioned in a previous episode how the last time I flew in 2019, I got really sick after a flight across the country. So it wasn't just a COVID concern. I was just afraid of getting any type of sickness. And so the Nozin was like some extra security. I highly recommend looking it up. It's quite pricey, but it was a nice peace of mind. So I made it there. And then I was actually with Max, who's on the same flight with his wife and I. So the three of us got off the plane. The Liberia airport was really nice, very modern. We arrived, I think, around 6.30 p.m., although there was a time difference. So... Yeah, I guess it was 6.30 local time and got bags and things. I did carry on only. Highly recommend that if you can. Do encourage you when you travel, especially internationally, that you don't just measure your bags for carry on, but you weigh them. I had a bad experience flying to Singapore because I didn't weigh my bag, but I'll save that story for another time. But I did carry on only. Max and his wife brought there uh, did some checked bags. So we waited for them, didn't take a ton of time. The airport just felt very quaint, small, but super nice, clean. I was very impressed with that airport. And then once we were all ready, we walked outside and there was a transportation guy waiting, holding up one of those signs that had all our names on them. And we got in the van with him. It was a nice roomy van. And he drove us two and a half hours to the location. So That was a little tricky. I knew it was going to be the case. And after flying for over five hours, doing another long trip feels like a lot. But we had snacks with us. He stopped and let us use the bathroom halfway through. It really wasn't so bad. The challenge is that in Costa Rica, there are a ton of paved roads. I would say the first hour and a half or so was very smooth. But the last 45 minutes to an hour was on a bumpy dirt road. And I also knew this was going to be the case. That was a little interesting. No big deal, though. It just felt like a very long ride. I wish I had checked my watch when we left the airport because since I didn't do that, I had no sense of time and it just made it feel like it lasted forever. I feel like if I had set a timer or something, I could have at least paced myself mentally. But we finally got there a little bit before 10 p.m. And the first night, the three of us stayed at a different hotel called Norte. And that is also a retreat center, but it's open to the public, unlike the place where Sand and Salt Escapes was held. Norte, anybody can go there. People can host retreats. They have open yoga classes. And it was so cool to step out of the van late at night and enter into this 
literal jungle experience. So this area of, of Nosara is right by the beach. And in between this little town and the beach is a jungle. So we get out of the car and you can just like feel the humidity in the air and hear all these noises from bugs and birds and animals. There are monkeys in the trees. There are iguanas roaming around. The sounds in Costa Rica were really intense and noticeable for me. Norte had a lot of, I remember the humidity feeling very noticeable. My room there was quite muggy. I don't know if they didn't do a great job with the dehumidifier because it had a bit of a mildewy smell. So that's what I think of when I think of Norte. When you walk in there, there's a pool and little bar. There were a few people out there drinking, hanging out. They had a neon sign that said, welcome to the jungle, <laughs> which now that I look at it, it has a whole different meaning than it did that night when I saw that I thought it was like, oh, that's kind of fun. But in hindsight, I'm like, they literally meant welcome to the jungle. <laughs> and this place just kind of felt hip and kind of modern. The other people that were there, at least one of them was American, also lives in Los Angeles. We talked to her for a bit. We were still hungry despite having some snacks. So we're trying to get some food and there isn't really much open that late at night. But there was a little mini market that closed at 10 p.m. And I think we arrived at 9.45. So we quickly dropped our bags off at the room and walked around the corner. One thing I like about this part of Nosara is that everything is really close by. Most places, I guess like the whole area you could walk through in about 15 minutes if you didn't stop at a ton of shops. So within a few minutes, we were at this little market and I was pleasantly surprised to see a ton of vegan things, including very American vegan food. There was Beyond Meat, there was Follow Your Heart cheese and, and mayo. I don't remember ice cream wise, but I feel like there was some, oh yeah, there were, there was a, like a local coconut ice cream. I ended up trying it. Wasn't that great. Ton of American snacks. And then there was some local foods. There was chocolate. I mean, like truly any major thing you can think of, a whole refrigerator full of great looking produce. I got a cucumber and some local hummus as my snack. They got some tortilla chips and some cheese. And we just sat outside at the Norte picnic table next to the bar and ate our snacks, went to bed. It's pretty tired. And I woke up the next day. They had already left Norte to head over to the Sand and Salt Escapes location. And I had some extra time before check-in, which was at noon. So I slept in, got up, took my time getting ready. And it was interesting because I didn't really know what to do with myself. I had that moment of, oh my gosh, I'm in a new country. Where do I go? Felt a little vulnerable, but it was cool to embrace that feeling. So I packed up my bags. I had my carry-on, which for that part of my trip was a duffel bag style. I have a really cool carry-on bag from this brand called Packed. I think it's spelled P-A-C-T. They sent this to me years ago to review. And this is one of the first times I really use it on a trip. I've taken it on a few small trips. I've taken it on road trips. But I think this is the first time I flew with it. And I have to say, it wasn't quite big enough for a week-long trip in Costa Rica. I can see why Max and his wife checked bags because <laughs> it was filled to the brim. 
it was also super heavy and I'm carrying it on my shoulder. After I left Norte, I went to the beach, which was about a 10 minute walk at most. Felt like 10 minutes. It could have been like seven, but carrying something heavy on my shoulder. I had a backpack. I had a fanny pack, which I've actually is coming back in style. Thank goodness. I use that across my chest, like cross body bag style. And that's where I stored my phone and my wallet with my passport. I really liked that setup. I also had a great backpack where I could store my laptop and various other things I use on the airplane. And then everything else went in this packed carry-on bag. And packed is pun intended. Packed is the brand and it was literally packed. So here I am like wobbling down the dirt roads in Costa Rica headed to the beach. I showed up at the beach and felt like a fish out of water (laughs) because everyone else there was either local or somebody on a vacation that was in their bathing suits hanging out. And there I am with all my luggage, fully dressed. And I just stood there. I didn't feel like sitting down. I didn't want to get super sandy. So I just found a little area of the beach and stood there and looked out at the ocean and took it all in. And I remember feeling a little physically uncomfortable, a little vulnerable, but also just so excited about this trip. And the beach is beautiful. I I will definitely include some images of the beach in the show notes for this episode. Again, that's at wellevator.com. Hope you take a look at it. And later when I start editing some of these videos together, actually, you can see on my Instagram, one of the Instagram reels on my at Whit Lauritsen account is of that beach at sunset. But this was pretty early in the day between 11 and 12 p.m. And I remember just like taking in the smells and the sound and the beauty and noticing how the jungle meets the ocean and there were dogs running around. That's one really cool thing about that beach was there were dogs everywhere. Most of them seemed to be with their owners. I, I don't think there were a ton of stray dogs and they were just freely roaming around. Everyone felt so relaxed and comfortable and chill. And that was the overall feeling I got. So probably stood there for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and then started walking to check in at Sand and Salt Escapes. I stepped in and it looks pretty much like the pictures. But one thing that most people who went to this retreat said is it's even better than it looks. It doesn't surprise you with the appearance. So if you go to the Sand and Salt Escapes website, You can get a feel for it, but in person, it was bigger than I thought. It felt even nicer than it looks in pictures. As I talked about in one of the previous episodes, I knew it was going to be a nice experience. It's a little hard to describe because there are elements of luxury in this retreat experience because you get your own private bungalow. There's full maid service there. So it always feels really clean private. We had, I want to say catered, but there were private chefs there that gave us breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So everything was taken care of. Max, the retreat organizer, had sunscreen and bug spray and coffee and snacks all laid out. So I walked in there and just 
immediately felt taken care of, excited, supported, and like I was getting special treatment, I suppose. Kind of felt like a VIP. And I was one of 10 people, including Max and his wife. So it just felt intimate and just good. I feel like some retreats I perceived as maybe feeling like they were you kind of on top of each other. Maybe you're sharing a room with somebody or you're right next door to somebody so you don't have a lot of privacy. Or even the retreat that I was supposed to be part of in 2014, Jason, who used to host the show with me, he went on that. And I remember him saying like they were running out of food at times, <laughs> like they were scrambling. They didn't have a lot of staff members. That was not the case at Sand and Salt. There was always someone there. There was a manager of the property who was so nice. His name was Bradley. There were multiple people involved with the food experience. So there were two chefs and there was a man there that answered any questions of us as guests. He spoke a good amount of English. He brought over the food to us and put it right in front of us. Everything was beautifully plated. There was also a woman there, one of the daughters, I think, of the chefs. She spoke English extremely well. And so she came and made sure that there was nothing lost in translation. So the staff was just wonderful. There were multiple people cleaning. There were people taking care of the pool and the property, but none of them felt invasive. They were only there as needed and then they were gone and we felt like we had the place to ourselves. There was also a security guard at night, which is kind of cool. I wasn't expecting that. The area felt very safe, but it definitely felt like good peace of mind. The security guard like roamed around the property just to make sure there was nothing unexpected. And that made me feel really safe with my items that I brought. There were also safes in our room. So out of peace of mind, I would always lock up my computer, my iPad, my passport, my money whenever I left. Speaking of money, a huge lesson I learned is A, you can use your credit card at a ton of places. I got a travel credit card that had no foreign transaction fees. And most things were quite affordable there. They're pretty equivalent to what I would pay in Los Angeles, usually a little less. But actually, that part of Costa Rica is on the more expensive side. So it all depends on what you consider expensive. But I didn't think it was that much money to buy. Most things were covered in, in the retreat since it was almost entirely inclusive. But if I went to the market or other restaurants in that area, of which there were many, and most of those restaurants had had vegan food on the menu. There were also some fully vegan restaurants there. It was so cool. So that was all extra. And most of those places took credit card. But cash was needed for some things. And in hindsight, I would have A, brought more cash and B, had some colones, the Costa Rican currency on hand. Most places actually took US dollars, but at times felt a little bit easier to pay in colones. There were ATMs, but of course you sometimes pay a little bit more. So Tip for you if you decide to go to Costa Rica is bring cash, even if it's just USD. And most importantly, don't just bring big bills. I think I brought $200 bills and a few 20s. I believe I brought $300 total. I wish I brought maybe 350 to 400. And I definitely wish I had had some 10s, some 5s and some 1s on me because trying to get change, especially in US dollars, was remarkably challenging. I had to go to multiple 
multiple people at one point to get change that I needed to reimburse somebody and to give tips for things that stressed me out. But that's a side note. So day one, I walked in there, was greeted warmly by everyone. People were showing up over the next few hours And we all just kind of hung out, settled into our bungalows. Some people went swimming and then dinner was served. The other amazing thing is that Max, the retreat leader, knew all of my food needs. So if you didn't know this about me, I'm vegan, gluten-free, and I have sensitivities to soy, corn, almonds, And I also have a lot of minor sensitivities. I found it on this trip that I'm having major reactions to histamine foods at the moment. Not going to get into what that means, but navigating food could have been a challenge if it were not for the incredible leadership of Max and the chef team. They knew what I typically avoid and made sure that I was included with every meal using modifications. So about six out of the 10 of us were either vegetarian or vegan. So only four people were eating meat or fish on this trip. So they received one type of meal. The vegans and vegetarians all received a plant-based meal. And then I received a plant-based meal that accommodated all of my food preferences and needs. So that blew my mind. For example, we would actually, I can just see what we had for dinner here and tell you what we ate that night. I didn't mention that when I walked in, we were all given fresh coconuts. That was very cool. For dinner, it started off with a ceviche, and I'm going to put in quotations because it was a plant-based, no fish ceviche with, I think, mango and a few other things, onions, super fresh. They gave some taro chips, I think, to scoop that up. That was wonderful. And then, was that all we had? Oh, maybe that was just a snack. Wait a second. Is that all we had for dinner? Gosh, that's so funny. I I remember eating more than that. Oh, yeah. Okay, that was. Then we had a salad that night with quinoa and a mustard dressing. It was so fresh. The produce down there was absolutely wonderful. I also didn't mention that right before that snack and dinner, we had our very first movement class, which was a absolutely wonderful private yoga class held at the center. So I mentioned how there was this outdoor area. It was almost like a platform right next to the pool with the perfect amount of space for the 10 of us to do fitness. And that day we had this wonderful yoga fusion class, which did a little bit of vinyasa, a little bit of kundalini, some breath work, some meditation, just thinking about it. It was so wonderful. We all loved the teacher there. She, I believe, was an American who moved down to Costa Rica. In fact, that was a lot of people that we met on this retreat. Then we went down to the beach for sunset. Absolutely wonderful. There were some mosquitoes. I was very grateful that I brought two different types of mosquito repellent. I brought a spray from Earthkind. They make this really nice little portable spray that was the perfect size for a trip like this. And I also brought these mosquito repellent bands. So I got these bands. I don't remember the brand off the top of my head, but I'll link to them in the description. There are the show notes for this episode. And you can wear them on on your wrist 
or your ankles. The brand I purchased is not waterproof. In hindsight, the waterproof brand, I think I want to say it's called Paraguard that you can get looks pretty nice. I decided not to get that. So it felt like I wasn't necessary, but the brand I did get was nice. You can reuse them to a certain extent, then you just throw them away. I believe they have like biodegradable material. They were all plant-based. They just were a little loose and not waterproof, but they were decent and I'm glad that I got them. I still have plenty more for other trips. I did not bring that bug spray or the bands down to the beach that night and I regretted it because there were a good amount of mosquitoes, probably because the beach meets the jungle or the jungle leads to the ocean, I should say. So mindful to bring and wear some sort of mosquito repellent. Max did provide that, but none of us thought to bring it with us. Lesson learned. For the rest of the trip, I was definitely wearing it. Then that night, everybody relaxed. I started watching more episodes of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That was like my show on this trip. I had pre-downloaded it on Amazon Prime before I went on the retreat, so I didn't have to use the internet. However, Wi-Fi was plentiful at the retreat, so there were actually multiple Wi-Fi signals, I guess, uh, because they had this whole mesh network set up. So the signal is pretty good in the room. It was great outside my room in the common areas. So I ended up doing work and used the internet a ton. And it was nice to relax each night. There wasn't a TV in the room. So I just used my iPad and fell asleep. I also used the Hug Sleep or the Sleep Pod by the brand Hug Sleep. I mentioned this in a previous episode, how I got that in place of a weighted blanket and also my body pillow. So if you're watching the YouTube version of this episode, behind me is my weighted blanket and underneath it is my body pillow from Essentia. Game changer for sleep. And when I travel without that, I feel like something's missing. But I didn't want to bring a weighted blanket and I'm so glad I didn't because my bag was stuffed and heavy enough. If I had a 10 or 15 pound weighted blanket, it would have been miserable. So I probably wouldn't have even met the weight requirements. I'm really glad I had the hug sleep. I wore that to bed every night on my trip and it helped me sleep. It provides some compression. And I think it also helped me from sleepwalking because I do not recall sleepwalking on any of this international travel. I did not wear it on the airplane. I was laughing at myself a few episodes ago, imagining how I would look wearing the hug sleep. It's kind of like a really thin sleeping, what do you use on a camping trip? Sleeping bag. Yeah. Imagine a thin sleeping bag. That's kind of what the hug sleep looks like. I thought I was going to wear it on the airplane, but it was just too much of a hassle. So I didn't on any of, I took six flights in the past few weeks and none of them involved the sleep pod, but I did use it every night. So First night, slept really well, woke up the next day. It started off with a fitness class at 8 a.m., which is very early for me. I'm someone that does not do a lot before 11 a.m. So getting up early felt slightly challenging, but it was wonderful. We had this great fitness instructor and really more of a movement and mindfulness instructor. He taught us all different ways to move our body. Then we had our first breakfast, which was I believe like a chickpea omelet. It was this thick, definitely legume-based omelet style thing, almost like a tortilla meets an omelet. 
You can use chickpea flour to make this. I've made it many times and the name is escaping me. I'm pretty sure that's what this was. And every dish was served with a side of fruit. And that was really lovely, fresh orange juice. Then we did the optional activity of surf lessons. And almost everybody on the retreat opted in. It was a hundred and $13, including tax, all in cash. This is part of the reason I brought a few hundred dollars in cash. This is my very first time surfing and they had the most incredible instructors that guided us through. They were 90 minute long lessons and I had the most amazing time. I'm so glad that my first time surfing was in Costa Rica because everyone raves about how warm the water is, how great the waves are. The instructors were super knowledgeable and patient. They guided me through every step of the way. It was and wasn't as hard as I expected. It wasn't because I actually figured it out and got the hang of it pretty fast. I even stood up on my board, which I wasn't expecting to do on my very first time. The instructor just gave me such clear instructions and guided me along the way. I felt very safe. But because I haven't been in the ocean for so long, I couldn't even tell you the last time I went in the ocean, which might sound funny because I live in Los Angeles. I just don't go to the beach a lot. And honestly, the LA beaches are not that great in my opinion. But just being in the waves was exhausting. Surfing is hard. I couldn't believe how much upper arm strength and shoulder strength it took. I only stood up a few times, so my legs didn't hurt that much, but man, my arms were killing me the next day. Also, there were manta rays swimming around us. I didn't actually see them, but the other girl that was doing the beginner's lesson with me saw five manta rays swimming around underneath her surfboard and around her. She was terrified of them. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. Apparently, manta rays are either harmless or they're not generally harmful. So that was pretty cool. I think that was the only sea creature I saw or knew was there. There were no dolphins, but there were other like fish swimming around. The water was pretty clear when the waves were not crashing. The ocean was just wonderful there. And then we came back for lunch and lunch that day was like a stir fry with fresh avocado. Oh my gosh, I'm drooling. I haven't eaten dinner yet and I cannot wait to eat it just talking about this. Then we hung out. People went in the pool. The pool is really nice there because it was actually, I didn't fully go in it at any point. I just didn't feel like swimming a ton, believe it or not. I put my feet in a lot, but I didn't go fully in. I went into the ocean a few times, but opted not to get into the pool, unlike everybody else. I don't know if it would go over your head at all, but it definitely could go up to your shoulder. So it was a nice depth. Is a rectangular-shaped pool. If you look at the pictures on the Sand and Salt Escapes website, you can see how the pool looks. It's very prominent on the property. And it, it was just like a great size, especially for 10 people. So everybody just hung out and then it started pouring rain. The rain is absolutely delightful. This is one of the videos on my Instagram and this is the one that got the most views. It was a 20-second long video I took of just the rain coming down into the pool. I loved that. Since July is rainy season in Costa Rica, or at least Nosara, it rained every single day and I was deeply grateful for it. And it's the warm rain. You know, you're out there barely wearing clothes. <laughs> that was one thing I also 
wish I had been a little bit more aware of is I knew it was going to be humid and warm, but I didn't realize how little I would want to wear. So I wish I brought more shorts. I think I brought three pairs of shorts and the rest were long workout pants. And we worked out every single day, at least once a day. So we were constantly needing to change. I brought two bathing suits and I didn't use them that much. And I just wish I had like more tank tops and shorts. So that's a piece of advice if you go down. I think Costa Rica's weather is like that year round. I could be wrong. Then we all walked in the rain to our next yoga class. This is day two. This is our first full day of the retreat. We went to a full kundalini class and that was in a different location down the street, about a five minute walk away. And the teacher was just delightful. Also an American that moved to Costa Rica. She hosted her class in this other hotel like space in this open air, but covered workout room. And it was a phenomenal class. We were talking about this class throughout the whole trip. It was actually, I think every class made a really big impression on us as a collective group of people. We walked back, we hung out and relaxed for a little bit after class. And then for dinner that night, what did we have? Oh, kebabs. And so my kebabs just had a variety. Well, I guess it's plural. It had like squash and tomato and carrots and zucchini. They were so good as chefs using a lot of different type of vegetables and everything just looked beautiful. My pictures don't do it justice because the lighting was kind of dark. I'll try to put some photos of the food we ate. I'm also planning to make a little video montage of everything I ate on this trip because it was remarkable. And then we went to bed, got up the next day. Every morning I had coffee. The retreat location had several different ways to make coffee. They had a drip coffee maker. They had a bunch of French press, including different sizes for French press. So you could have actually made cold brew. You could make traditional French press, drip coffee. And they also had an espresso machine. So that's my favorite. The staff there brought me some Nespresso pods from the local grocery store. I don't think they sold them at the mini market. If they did, they're probably very expensive. But the grocery store, which was about 10 or 15 minutes away, not by foot, by car, they had the pods for like $6. So I gave them some money and they brought them back for me, which is super nice. And uh, every morning I would have Nespresso. They also at both that big market and the small mini mart in town had all different types of plant-based milk. They were shelf stable. So when I first went to that store, I didn't see it in the refrigerator. So I thought, oh, maybe they don't have any plant-based milk. But the person working there showed me at the bottom shelf in one of the aisles, they had practically every milk you could imagine. Coconut milk, soy milk, almond milk, oat milk, hazelnut milk. And so I got a few bottles of that and had it every morning. I had a nice latte. That was always appreciated. I also drank the Athletic Greens powder every single morning. And as you may have heard in the ad, it's so great because it's full of 75 vitamins, minerals, and other ingredients, including probiotics and digestive enzymes. So since I was trying to keep my immune system high and my digestion in good shape, I was super grateful for Athletic Greens. And especially it was nice to have first thing in the morning, 
before an exercise class. So that 8 a.m. movement class happened every day. And I went to all but one class. I think there was five total. So I went to four of them. And it was a really nice way to start off the day. We did lots of stretching and breathing and mindfulness practices and all different things with our bodies. It's cool. For breakfast that morning, we had pancakes. I don't know what mine were made of. I remember they were quite thick. Maybe it was like a rice flour and they made the special fruit jam on top of it. That was great. Then that day, we went on ATV rides. I think everybody... No, one girl stayed back. So nine of us, nine out of the 10 people at the retreat opted to do ATVs. They were the same price as surfing. It was $113 with tax, not including tip, by the way. So if you're budgeting for things like this, make sure you bring some extra money for tips, however you want to tip. I wasn't sure about going on an ATV ride, but since almost everybody else went, I thought, I'll give it a try. And <laughs> was quite the experience. It was more fun than I thought. It was a little bit scarier than I thought. It was a little challenging at times. This was like at least three hours. We had to drive there. Maybe it was like 20 minutes away from the retreat by car. And then this guide took us all over. And I think the full experience of just riding was about two hours. He took us to a waterfall. We had to hike through the jungle to get to that. Probably took at least 30 minutes of just experiencing this waterfall. And yeah, it was just felt like a lot of time and it was absolutely beautiful or riding up these hillsides or mountains, I guess, like steep areas. We saw monkeys up in the trees and butterflies all over the place and just looking at all the beautiful greenery since it's been raining a ton in Costa Rica. Everything just felt so vibrant in the sky at the time since it wasn't raining, was perfectly blue and that was just awesome and exhilarating and scary. We had to go over bridges that were super small and through water, like deep puddles. And it was sort of quite the adventure and I loved it. Then we got back and hung out, relaxed for a little while. Then we had lunch. What did we do for lunch? Hmm. I'm looking at my photos here. I'm a little perplexed. I feel like we went down to the beach or no, I feel like we went somewhere for lunch. Oh yeah. Somehow there are no photos of lunch. But I'm almost positive that day we went and had lunch at a local restaurant. And that was really cool. Whenever that was, it was really amazing place that had vegan, gluten-free, keto options. Like It felt like a very LA restaurant, but much nicer because it was in Costa Rica. And then that night, I walked down to the beach by myself. There were little red crabs on this one path literally everywhere. I was walking back right after sunset, so it was starting to get dark. And all around me, it seemed like, were hundreds of crabs. And they were like scurrying across the path. A little bit creepy, a little bit cool. <laughs> Just these like bright red little creatures. A little unnerving because they are almost spider-like. But I was simultaneously fascinated and slightly uncomfortable. For dinner, I had, I should say, because I don't know exactly what other people were served, but they made me this cauliflower, curried cauliflower rice dish with zucchini, eggplant, carrots, call another 
bigger pieces of cauliflower and broccoli. Gosh, this is making me drool. We also would bring back snacks and wine from the local markets. There was that mini mart. They had these incredible vegan truffles in the refrigerator section. And then there was also a separate store that had really affordable wine that you could buy. So people would bring back wine to share or beer. Some people made cocktails. I mean, it was a very fluid experience, pun intended, because if you didn't drink, there was no pressure to drink. The retreat did not provide any alcohol. So alcohol was very much the preference of attendees. I think most people on the retreat chose to drink, but there's no like, nobody cared if you did or didn't. And I really liked that energy. And I also appreciated that the retreat didn't provide it because it didn't feel sometimes for me at least like I'm a social drinker I don't get that into drinking outside of being in the presence of others so I had no craving for alcohol I could have totally gone the trip without it but it was fun to experience some of the local wines they had organic wine there and it was fun watching people make cocktails and just kind of enjoy each other. And it also took a few days. I think it was halfway through the retreat that people started to drink wine. And one night we were playing a game together and it just kind of loosened everyone up and became very fun. So the next day, there was an out on the beach fitness class. So that same guy, the 8 a.m. class, did this really cool workout that included running. We were jumping over logs and branches and balancing on rocks and sticks. And he was just so cool in the way that he designed his workouts. Very, very thoughtful. Then we went back for breakfast and there was this beautiful well-portioned out chia seed pudding with toasted coconut, kiwi, and banana slices on it. That afternoon, we had an at-the-beach painting class, a little art class. It was actually supposed to be the night before, but I believe the weather prevented it and that was rescheduled for an afternoon. It would have been really nice to do at sunset as initially planned, but it was great during the day. Some people went and painted in their bathing suits. And there was a Costa Rican instructor there who just provided all the painting supplies. He set up the easels on the sand. He encouraged us, gave us ideas for what to paint. But it was really a free do what you want type of class. Like anything you wanted to paint, you could paint. And he would walk around and say things of words of encouragement or give you tips on how to paint certain things. It's just so wonderful. I actually didn't bring back my painting, mainly because I didn't have room in my packed bag. But also it was one of those paintings I could take or leave. I took pictures of it and I feel satisfied. <laughs> with that. Some people painted some really nice things and brought them back as memories. And that's so cool. For lunch, I think most people got a burrito. My burrito was wrapped with rice paper. That was kind of cool. It had lettuce and some roasted vegetables and avocado and tomato pico de gallo and guacamole on the side. Oh my gosh. I could remember how all this stuff tastes just by describing it and looking at the photos. Then we had a few hours of free time. People sat around and read. I did a little work. One guy went and meditated on his own for an hour. Some people went swimming. We had more coconuts. I think the rest of the day, everybody just relaxed. Sometimes people took naps. It was really nice. And then for dinner, they gave us these huge plates of sushi. I mean, like probably the equivalent of four rolls each. 
My plate was filled with it. For some reason, they wrapped all of my sushi with rice paper, which was great. I don't know why they didn't give me any seaweed. Maybe they thought seaweed wasn't vegan or nori. I don't know, but mine was clear and absolutely delicious. I think it had avocado, cucumber, et cetera, in it, carrots. It was great. Ugh. Again, I'm drooling. The next day, that was my third meal with rice paper. They really took the rice paper thing seriously for me, being gluten and corn-free. I had some sort of breakfast burrito the next day, also absolutely delicious. Then we had free time. I went down to the beach with a few people, went swimming and sunbathing. For lunch, we had, I think, a big salad, it looks like. Oh, yeah, it had like peanuts and zucchini, really neat dressing. Then we had a more free time. So this is one thing I appreciated about the retreat, just tons of time to do whatever you wanted. Highly recommend bringing a book. I brought my iPad, read a ton of things on there. You could do some work. As I mentioned, choose to do some work, but most people did not open their laptops. The other cool thing is most people barely use their phones. I probably use my phone more than anyone else because I was taking a ton of pictures, but I barely use social media. So I had to post a few videos. I barely use TikTok, which is nuts for me because I am on TikTok very frequently watching content. And I wasn't texting a lot or surfing the web. It was so nice to spend minimal time on my phone. And it was great to be around other people who weren't doing it either. I actually felt a little bad at times because of I was just carrying around my phone to take pictures and I didn't want anyone else to feel like encouraged. But the peacefulness of having hours to spend, you could go walk around town. A lot of people did that. There were shops to go to, restaurants and cafes. There was a really great coffee shop I went to one day. Then one of the attendees actually led some fitness classes. So a lot of people at this retreat love to work out. So they offered bonus workout classes on top of what else we were already doing. So that was neat. And just hung out at the pool. One of these nights, I, I feel some of these photos seem out of order, but maybe not. I think it might have been the end of this current night I'm describing. We had a breathwork class with this really wonderful woman, also thinks she was American. Most of our teachers were American, like expats, I believe is the term, people that moved to Costa Rica. And she just had the most peaceful demeanor and brought us through a 90-minute breath class, like deep breathing, transformative breathing that just put you in an altered state. And what was so cool is that it started off this beautiful, clear evening. And then it started pouring rain and we are under the covering of this open air workout space, all laying down on our yoga mats with blankets and pillows under the pouring tropical summer rain. And oh, that was one of my favorite moments. The only downside to that is depending on where you were in the area, you were either dry or getting wet. So there are a few people in the retreat that were in a bad spot and the rain was coming in on them. And because we were all in this like deep kind of trance-like state, they were afraid to move. So they ended up just like laying there in the pouring rain, which to me sounds kind of cool, but they did not seem very happy about it. So another thing to keep in mind is be mindful of where you are when it rains and also find the courage or confidence to speak up if you're uncomfortable 
vulnerable, great message with piece of wisdom in general. But I also had a lot of respect for them for not moving. I wondered what I would have done if I had been laying in the spot where the wind was blowing the rain onto me. And it just gave me this interesting reflection on how each person is having a different experience depending on where they are sometimes literally where they are. For me, I was like hearing the pouring rain. It was coming down right next to me, but it wasn't blowing on me. So I was completely dry and in this place of bliss because I love the sound of the rain. Other people just right a few feet away from me were miserable because the rain was getting them super wet. So we had an interesting discussion about that as a group. I think that night we sat around and chatted about that. We went to a pizza restaurant. So amongst all the different food options in town, as a group, we went to this, I think there were like multiple restaurants in one little section of town. Like you all sat in the same place, but could order from different spots. I think it was a little layout was a little confusing to me, but there was a bar so you could order margaritas and wine, beer, I believe. And they served wood-fired pizza, including gluten-free and vegan. They didn't have vegan cheese, but it was just delicious with sauce and veggies. And then we just sat outside and enjoyed a pizza as a group. We each got a pizza because of the size. They were kind of like somewhere in between personal and regular size pizza, but the crust was super thin. So it was like the perfect size for one person. I remember like eating the entire thing so fast and being so grateful to have it all to myself. They served the special garlic sauce you could pour on it. That was amazing. Oh, that was great. I think I got a watermelon margarita too and loved it. I felt like I wanted to get a cocktail at some point. Then the next day we had, I believe that was our final full day. Wow. Is that true? Yep. That's right. So I haven't been counting each of the days as I've been sharing this experience, but that was our final workout class, 8 a.m. And it was just perfect weather. Took a ton of photos. The teacher taught us how to climb palm trees and how to pay attention to our body and movement in some unique ways. As I mentioned, he was really good at that. Our final breakfast was, I think, pancakes again. They looked slightly different than the pancakes we had before. They were topped with, looks like pineapple. We had dragon fruit. I mean, unbelievable fresh orange juice. The juice actually changed based on the day. I forget what there was, like maybe papaya juice one day. It was just lovely. Then we had more free time. A lot of people went swimming, did some more exercising. Lunch was one of my favorites. They were tacos. And I think they made, used that same chickpea flour to make my tortillas because it was almost the same as that omelet style chickpea dish I had for breakfast one day. So they made the tacos and they filled them with all these fresh roasted vegetables. And then on the side served us cassava sticks. They kind of looked like mozzarella sticks, but they were all just cassava root, which if you didn't know that that's where tapioca comes from. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was one of the best things I had. Wow. Really drooling over here. During our free time that day, I walked with a few people over to the local vegan restaurant that also served wood-fired pizza and like practically any vegan dish you could imagine, burgers and incredible desserts and bowls and salads. 
It was fully plant-based and gluten-free. It was absolutely heaven. Incredible location, atmosphere, and the prices were pretty reasonable. I didn't think any of it was crazy expensive, probably under $15 a dish. I mean, on the pricier side, but for me in Los Angeles, that's really not bad. They went over there to get some food for their plane ride. And since I didn't plan to eat on the plane, I kind of just went along to check out the restaurant, but I didn't order anything. I did, however get a coffee at the local single origin coffee place that was incredible. They had espresso, they had cold brew, they had lattes and ice drinks. And I think they made their own lavender syrup. Pretty sure I put that in mine. Also making me drool just thinking about it. The guy working there was so nice. And then when we got back, it started pouring rain, the hardest it rained the entire time, which was a little bit of a bummer because we were supposed to walk about 20 minutes through town to get to a other, like, I think it was a hotel or a yoga center to do a sound bath. And I was really looking forward to it, but the rain was so intense. There was really no comfortable way to get over there. And we could have taken a car, I suppose, but there weren't a lot of like taxis or I don't even know if they had Ubers there. The main mode of transportation was walking, biking, and taking these little, they're called either tuk-tuks or tuk-tuks. And they fit maybe two, perhaps three people, tiny little cart, motorized carts that you could rent to drive you around. And they weren't that expensive. I never ended up taking one. But for the group of 10 to get over there in the pouring rain, it just wasn't going to happen. So they ended up canceling that. Little bit of a bummer. But since that was our last day there, it was so nice to just hang out with nothing to do. I think I read and lounged around and talked to people. People were painting and drawing and doing puzzles and just like relaxing. And I ended up seeing a bunch of monkeys in the trees. Like they would like make these intense sounds and oh, it was so cool. That was the most monkeys I saw was on that final day. I think there was like five of them right outside the retreat center. Like I said, there's a jungle around you. Like it kind of integrates into the town. And so the monkeys would just like come in the trees right nearby. The iguanas would be crawling around the retreat center. There would be all different types of birds and little lizards. It was so neat. Then we had our final dinner and they did a a pasta dish. For me, they use zucchini and and cucumbers to make my pasta. So good. So creative. I, I obviously had a lot of zucchini, cucumber, avocado, tomatoes, broccoli, cauliflower. Those are integrated into a lot of, and and lots of rice, (laughs) lots of rice paper. And as our final group activity, we all gathered together in a circle on that little workout platform. And Max had each person share something that they noticed or learned from one another. So we took turns. Each of us were in the spotlight, I suppose. And everybody in the circle would share something. So when it was my turn, every other person would share something about me. And then after the share, each of us were granted a nickname. (laughs) It was just kind of a cool activity. It took us hours because to get through each person probably took 15 minutes or so. And everybody was just outpouring love and thoughtfulness and 
Oh, I actually took notes. Um, we were each given a little notebook and I wrote down all of the different things that people said about one another. I didn't take too many notes for myself because I was trying to listen intently. But a few things I wrote down was people called me inquisitive, asking a lot of questions, insightful, deep, vulnerable, and someone who jumps in and, and does things even when scared. And that just felt like some cool things to receive. I shared with people how I felt they were patient, kind, creative, funny, down-to-earth, sweet, resilient, adventurous, present, brave, honest, caring, courageous, bold, supportive, generous. It was just so neat to spend the time at the end having met most of those people for the very first time and spent seven days with them sharing all these wonderful experiences to reflect on how I felt around them and what I learned from them, what I noticed. It just was really nice and profound and a great way to close out the retreat. And we all kind of hung out drinking wine and some beer together and then kind of sadly all went to bed, especially hard for me because I didn't get to bed till probably between 11 and 12 p.m. And I had to get up at 3.45 a.m. to get in a van and go back to the airport. My flight left at 9 a.m., but because it was a two and a half hour drive, actually it only took about two hours that early in the morning and then had to go through customs and security, which was really easy and fast. I actually got to the airport. There was barely anyone there at 6 a.m. when I got there, checked in right away. There was one family in front of me at security and security was so laid back at this Siberia airport. So I actually sat outside for a little bit, kind of like I did at LAX and just soaked in Costa Rica one last time, drank tons of water, ate a snack, then walked to my gate and was really chill, like so relaxed at this airport. And just sat there for about an hour or so and got on my plane. The plane ride back was packed. Most people weren't wearing masks. Again, it was Alaska. I had nonstop flights from LA to Costa Rica, both ways on Alaska Airlines. It was fine. I don't know why I had higher expectations for Alaska, but no complaints just wasn't great. Maybe it was like an, an older plane or something. I was just really shocked at how tight the seats were, both for leg room, but also like I felt like I had no room between me and the stranger next to me. Luckily, the people sitting next to me on the way back to LA were wearing masks and that gave me a little peace of mind. And then I landed in LA at 1.30 p.m. on that Wednesday, July 13th and spent like six hours outside of the airport. I went to lunch and repacked my bags and then went back to the airport to fly to Singapore. And since this episode has gone a little on the long side, I'm going to pause there for now and you can hear more in part two of my travel adventures. I'll tell you about what it was like to go to Singapore and spend a little time in Fiji. I didn't end up talking about products as much as I thought I was going to. I guess aside from the bug spray, I brought some sunscreen with me that was nice. I had some new clothes. I bought some clothes from Old Navy. I was actually very surprised. Old Navy had great bathing suits. I bought a bathing suit from them, some shorts. I also tried to go secondhand shopping but couldn't find what I really wanted from those stores. So I ended up going to... Marshalls and TJ Maxx this time. 
Target as well. I don't know how much I bought. I bought some things on Amazon. One of them actually was great was a a hat that you can roll up. It's like a beach hat. Looks like straw isn't quite the right term, is it? I don't know. What are those types of hats called? (laughs) You know, like a beige style hat, but it was really cool because you could unvelcro the side of it and roll it up. And I was really grateful to have a compact hat that would block the sun. I also brought a baseball hat, a black one that ended up losing at the airport on my way back somehow. It was with me after I got off the plane, but somewhere between getting off the plane and getting into my transportation at the airport, lost my hat. Kind of a bummer, but I got over it. And then I had a third hat, which was like a hat that you would wear to block the sun while hiking or gardening. Also really compact. I didn't use that as much. I think I brought that with me surfing, which is cool. I didn't wear it in the water, but I wore it like when we were on the sand. That was nice. And I brought it when I went to ride the ATV. I brought that hat, but I actually didn't end up wearing it because we had helmets. So I didn't use that hat quite as much, but I'm definitely planning to use that on my next road trip. So I was glad I bought that. And I told you about the hug sleep. I brought different supplements like the athletic greens. I brought some melatonin supplements to help me sleep. I could go on and on, but you know what? I'm going to wrap up here. I'll definitely have more products to share with you in the next episode episode where I'll talk about the next part of my international travel and then hopefully do some videos. So when those videos are done, I will incorporate them in through the show notes. So go check that out at wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. You can find the link to Sand and Salt Escapes if you want to check out the upcoming retreats the links to some of the products I've mentioned or all of the products I've mentioned, just not everything I brought. And then my Instagram, if you want to see the videos I've been referencing, I'll also embed in the show notes pictures from the retreat. So you can just look at them as you scroll through. There's a full transcript of this episode. And then when the YouTube video comes out of this episode, that'll be integrated too. Thank you so much as always for listening. I feel like I'm talking to a friend about all of my adventures and I hope you feel that way too. I would love to hear from you. So any comments you have, have you been to Costa Rica? Have you traveled recently? When's the last time you went on a plane? Where'd you go? And uh, even if it was years ago, like me, uh, back in 2019, it's been almost three years since I was last on a plane. So this was quite the experience, you know, to just dive back into travel. And if you haven't traveled recently, where would you like to go when you feel ready? Would you like to go to Costa Rica? I would love to hear it all. So you can reach out to me. Instagram super easy through my at Whitlordson account or the Wellevator account, W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R on Instagram. I'm on pretty much every social media platform. So pick one, reach out to me, send me a message, or you can email me. My email is on wellevator.com or in the bio of all the social media. As I always say, very easy to reach me and hearing from you brings me great joy so that we can make this more than a one-way conversation. Look forward to sharing more with you in the next travel episode. I've also got a great, great guest coming up for you. Let's see. 
I have to go look at my notes. Who is next? Ooh, okay. So there is a wonderful woman coming up this Friday for the guest episode. Getting into self-care and nurturing yourself, nourishing yourself is actually a really good compliment to this episode. So if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, that is the easiest way to find out when the next episode releases every Monday and Friday with Mondays being the solo episodes, just me chatting with you like a friend as I did today. And Fridays are with a special guest or sometimes multiple guests. Some episodes recently have had two guests at once. So stay tuned for that. I am always working to bring you some interesting perspectives, some new words of wisdom, some stories. And as I continue to learn more about emotional well-being through that training program I'm in, I am thinking of all sorts of different angles of self-care and wellness that I can cover. All right. Bye for now. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.